So I just said, okay, I'm forgiving everyone. I'm letting go of everything and I'm moving on. But there was one instance that I never talked about with anyone still. Mm-hmm. I talked about all the stuff that I was hurt from and that I did to people. I forgave myself, all that. But there was one thing that happened when I was a kid that I never told a soul. Oh, honey. Welcome to the Oh Honey Podcast. Where you get the sticky and the sweet with Summer. And Amanda. And, and Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> sticky and sweet, what's in the middle then? Mm, TBD. Okay. Yeah, TBD. <laughs> well, Lewis is an entrepreneur, lifestyle, and business coach. And you have a very successful podcast mm-hmm. of your own. Yeah. So where can they find you? School of Greatness. School of Greatness. Yeah. And you have a book. We've got a couple books. Yeah, yeah. it's called School of Greatness and yeah. Mask of Masculinity. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And it's about kind of... Well, the first book, School of Greatness, is about the principles of the greatest individuals in the world, how they became great. Love that. The second one, Mask of Masculinity, is more of a deep topic. Uh, it's about how men can open up and be more vulnerable. Oh, I love yeah. that. That's such a huge topic, too, because most men feel like they have to be super masculine yeah. and like can't show their emotions. Exactly. And, yeah. That's how we were raised, you know, in the Midwest, I was raised that way through society, through other, you know, boys kind of making fun of you if you ever showed emotion, yeah. through media, whatever. But just like how women have been raised to always look perfect and always mm. be skinny and always, whatever, say the right things, whatever it is, the pressure you guys have. Yeah. So. That's true. It's just yeah, different on both sides. sides. Both yeah. sides, yeah. So how did you kind of get, I know you probably talk a lot about it in your mm-hmm. book, <laughs> but for here today, for yeah. our listeners, how were you able to you know, just kind of put society's like thoughts and pressures aside and... Well, when I was, how deep are we going here on this oh, show? Oh, we're going deep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, my entire life I was driven by achievement and success and by looking good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I wanted, pe- I wanted everyone to like me. I wanted everyone to recognize that I was talented. And so I was driven to prove people wrong who said I couldn't do things. So all in my teens and my 20s, I just, did things to win and be successful and to look good. And it worked in the sense that it helped me like achieve certain things. I was a professional athlete, I was a two-sport All-American. I built a you know, multi-million dollar business and sold it. And I was still unhappy inside constantly and I didn't know why. Mm-hmm. Then when I hit 30 years old, about six years ago, I remember just asking myself like, why am I still upset and angry all the time? Why am I frustrated? In, in relationships, why in, in business is there always conflict? You know, it just felt like I was always in conflict with myself internally. But on the outside, everyone was like, man, you have a great life. Mm-hmm. Like you're achieving everything. Everything looks to be going well. On the inside, I felt alone. I mm-hmm. felt insecure. I felt really messed up. And so I started to go down a journey of asking myself, like, what's wrong with me? Like, why do I feel alone? Why do I feel insecure? Why do I feel like, I remember I went through a breakup six and a half years ago, and I was just laying in my bed for two weeks watching the show Weeds. Do you guys remember watching oh, the show? Yeah. I watched, I think it was like 80 something episodes, <laughs> two weeks nonstop, I didn't want to leave. I just yeah. ordered pizza every day, and I was like, what is wrong with me? Yeah. And um, I remember I just lacked a lot of emotional courage from this breakup and the relationship. I was like needing someone to really like me and someone to, to want me. 
and it was just very emotional up and down. My business was falling apart. And I was just asking myself, why am I feeling this way? Mm-hmm. And so I started to do a bunch of work on myself at that point. When I was 30 years old, I went to a bunch of workshops. I hired therapists, coaches, like anyone I could find who could help me. Mm-hmm. I was like, what's wrong with me? And there was one experience I did that got me to address everything in my life. Got me to open up about every instant in my past. Forgive my parents for stuff, forgive my siblings, forgive friends, like everything, and forgive myself. And I talked about everything from being picked on as a kid, from being in special needs classes, from, you know, I was dyslexic growing up, so it was really challenging for me to read and write. Mm-hmm. Um, everything. My brother went to a prison for four years when I was a kid for selling drugs, so I didn't have friends during that time. So I just said, okay, I'm forgiving everyone, I'm letting go of everything, and I'm moving on. But there was one instance that I never talked about with anyone, still. Mm-hmm. I talked about all the stuff that I was hurt from and that I did to people, I forgave myself, all that. But there was one thing that happened when I was a kid that I never told a soul, and that's that I was sexually abused when I was five by a man that I didn't know. Oh, wow. And it really shaped my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. And um, I finally opened up about that publicly about six years ago, and I've opened up a bunch about it now. And when I started to open up about it, I realized like, wow, there was so much pain trapped inside of me from holding on to like this shame, this guilt, mm-hmm. this insecurity, this um, feeling like no one would ever love me if they actually knew that a man sexually abused me. Yeah. Like why would anyone ever love me? Mm-hmm. So I think I was always trying to prove people wrong because of those, those moments as a kid. And when I finally opened up, like I started to heal and I started to have peace in my heart for the first time. And it's been an incredible journey since then. What was the realization that you had of why like people will still love you? You know, it's like how you're five years old. <laughs> I know. There's nothing on you. I think it's yeah. irrational. I think it's like, yeah. you know, my mind was just like if someone, because when I was conditioned as a, as a young boy, like as a eight, nine, 10 through my teen years, I remember I played sports all the time. And I remember just wanting to like put my arm around my my teammates. Mm-hmm. And a lot of my teammates would be like, get off me, fag. No, don't be gay. <laughs> oh, really? Don't be gay. You know, it's like, if I just put my arm around a buddy. Really? Yeah, it was just kind of the mentality. Yeah. You know, it's like, hmm. I think boys weren't comfortable with that type of affection. Even if it was just like, yeah. I put my hand on your shoulder, it was like, get yeah. off me. You know, like don't be gay. Almost. Yeah, it's yeah. just kind of like a mentality, you know? Yeah. Just like, you know, I don't know, whether that's through media or through other kids picking on them. Mm-hmm. So I remember always wanting to just put my arm around a buddy and just like give a guy a hug. Yeah. As like a nine-year-old boy, you yeah, know, innocent. So sweet. Yeah, very innocent. But being made wrong for it. Mm. And so then I told myself, well, maybe I'm wrong. Like this happened to me when I was five. So if someone knew about this, like they would shame me forever. Oh, right. You know what I mean? Like if they wouldn't even let me put their arm around them yeah. as a friend, you know? Yeah. And I'm a straight guy. It wasn't like I was gay trying to do something. Mm-hmm. And so that shame like sat with my heart for years, for decades. And I just was in so much pain that I was like, I'm gonna prove everyone wrong. I'm gonna get so big, so strong that no one will ever take advantage of me. I'm gonna be so dominant in every sport that I do. I'm gonna be so successful that people have to acknowledge it mm-hmm. and kind of like mask the shame that I was feeling. And I think, um, unfortunately, when I started opening up about sexual abuse, um, I started to research this because I thought I was the only one in the world that this happened to. I never saw examples of other, you know, white, straight, jock-looking dudes who were also successful in business 
talking about being sexually abused. Mm -hmm. Never once did I see someone publicly talk about it. I'm sure I, you know, I was in the media, media, maybe I saw it, but I just blocked it out. Yeah. But it wasn't a, a constant thing where I saw men sharing this. And then when I started opening up about it, I was in a, a five-day workshop and I opened up about it. There's probably about 50 other men in the room or 50 other people in the room and about half of them are men. I opened up about it and ran out of the room crying because I was just so ashamed at what I just shared. I was afraid that everyone was going to make fun of me. Yeah. I ran out of the room. I was crying. I was like, I'm not going back in this room. And then one of the most beautiful things happened. All the men from the room came out one by one, looked me in the eyes, and they were mm -hmm. like, I love you. You're my hero. Oh, it's so sweet. And one, and one by one, a lot of the men were just like, this happened to me when I was 11, and mm -hmm. no one knows. This happened when I was 13. My wife doesn't know. I've got three kids. Yeah. And I was like, what? This has happened to other men? Mm. And it was an eye-opener for me. And I realized like very few men have talked about it with their girlfriend or mm. spouse or their kids or their families. And it, it builds up these walls and what I like to call masks on men where they have to project something to fit in. They have to project that they're strong, that they're funny, that they're successful so that they can fit into society. And I just wanted to recognize for myself, okay, you know, I'm gonna wear a mask my whole life. I'm gonna, you know, be aggressive at times or be angry or be funny when I'm not supposed to be funny. I'm gonna wear certain masks. But I wanna be aware of it and recognize it and not let it define me. Mm -hmm. And I think when men can start to heal their trauma from the past, when they can start to share the things they're ashamed of, whether that's to a therapist or to their family or to friends, it doesn't have to be publicly. But when they can start to deal with the things inside that have been holding them back for so long, then they can live with freedom and peace. And I think that's what we're all looking for is how do we have inner peace as we go through this chaotic world? Yeah. Well, you probably, I mean, congratulations. I don't know, like, the proper word for that, <laughs> but, uh, like, for being able to come out yeah. about that and just, like, you probably helped so many people with that, yeah, too. Yeah, I was going to say you yeah. probably inspired yeah. so many other men to be open about yeah. yeah, and when I started researching it, I realized that one in six men have been sexually abused. That's so crazy. It's one in four for women. Yeah. Uh, one in six men. And I started doing talks about it in workshops, and I wrote a book about this called Mask and Masculinity. And as I was doing my tour around this book, I would have, you know, whatever, a few hundred people show up to these events, about half men and half women. Mm. And I would ask the room, I'd say, if you're a woman, raise your hand if you get together with your girlfriends once a week and you talk about body issue challenges, relationship challenges, insecurities, fears, whatever, career challenges, mm -hmm. raise your hand. Every woman would raise their hand for, you know, once a week they get together and talk to at least one girlfriend. <laughs> and I said, how many, keep your hand up if you do this every day. Yeah. And almost everyone is like, yeah, every day we have lunch or I'm on the phone with my girlfriend's right. talking, right? Yeah, About something. Always venting, yeah. Yeah, but like an insecurity, a challenge or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I go, okay, for the men, raise your hand if you get together once a month with a group of guys and you talk about your insecurities and your fears and your body challenges, body issue challenges, your career challenges, your marriage relation, uh, challenges. And maybe like two or three guys would raise their hand. And I would say, are you guys part of a church group that's like planned once a month to get together for an hour? Mm -hmm. And most of them are like, yes. Oh, really? It's like, it's not as accessible for men to share openly. And then I did more research 48% of men say they don't have one male friend they can open up to and talk about their insecurities to or their fears mm -hmm. or their challenges. So imagine, both of you,
-hmm. If you never shared with anyone about your fears, your insecurities, your relationship challenges, your- That'd be a mess. Imagine, yeah, imagine yeah. just not expressing it to one girlfriend or to a group of girlfriends in a year, <laughs> just be in like, 10 years. Yeah, probably have like a lot of like mistaken anger. <laughs> like, a lot of anger, right? Yeah. And so you look at the political uh, dis-ease that we have, the attacks, the, the racial marches, the, all the shootings, the mass shootings in America. If it, you stem back to it, it's almost 100% of those instances are from men. Mm-hmm who are, that we learn more about them, that they didn't have any close friendships, that they were angry for years, that they probably never shared about their insecurities and their challenges. I'm not saying sharing your fears and insecurities <laughs> is gonna make you like uh, not a bad person. It's mm-hmm. gonna better you It's though. gonna better you mm-hmm. to not feeling the shame and loneliness, which is the cause of a lot of pain. Yeah. And that's why girls vent is to get it out. Get it out. Yeah. We, just, we don't we just like get out. It's toxic, but once you yeah. talk about it, how do you guys feel? So better. much better. So much better. better. Maybe yeah. it doesn't solve the problem. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you're not living with like this disease in your soul where you right. carry it the rest of the day. Right. Yeah. Even if we do hold it in, like if there's something bothering us for like a day and we hold it in, it's like we just need it. Like you just find a random person at the grocery store. You're just like letting yeah. it out. Exactly. <laughs> because yeah. I need it out. Random like at the counter or and something. I'm like, like how's your day? I'm like, do you really want to know? <laughs> <laughs> a little stressed out on aisle seven. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie. <laughs> you feel so much better when you just talk. Yeah. Right? And for 25 years, I didn't talk about something that was my biggest pain. Mm-hmm. So it would come out in situations. It would come out. Luckily, I had sports for so long that I was legally allowed to beat people up like yeah. in football right <laughs> it's like it i didn't get in trouble yeah. mm-hmm. but then once sports was over and i didn't have an outlet to express myself to get that energy out you know you take it out on friends on business partners you get quick with people who are cutting you off in la traffic i remember one time this is sad for me to say this mm-hmm. i remember one time six years ago when i was when everything was going wrong on the inside i remember i was driving in west hollywood uh off melrose and I was pulling up to a stop sign and I looked uh, left and as I'm pulling up, there's like a runner coming trying to cross the road mm-hmm. who I didn't see. And he like stops before I uh, gets in my car and he punches my car. And I remember it just like instantly <laughs> triggered me and it felt like someone was trying to abuse me. Oh. They punched my physical car mm-hmm. and they like he flipped me off or something. It was like an instant response. There was no like breathe and relax and meditate. It was like, I am going to kill this human being Mm -hmm. because it brought me back to a place of like feeling taken advantage of. And every time I felt taken advantage of, I would have this reaction. And I was a very loving guy, like very, just wanted to hug everyone and smile and just have fun until (laughs) I felt taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know how to control it. So I remember driving, the guy like ran off and I drove off after this guy. You're chasing him. I start chasing him down, screaming, and he crosses the street, I cross the street. I literally (laughs) stop and get out of my car to run down this runner. That's how bad it got. Yeah. Now he he kept like zigging, zagging and like got scared. And I was like, okay. (laughs) What am, I had enough time to be like, okay, You're this like, is stupid. What am I doing? I'm chasing <laughs> down a guy who like punched my car. Okay. Yeah. And, um, but that's the stuff I would do. Mm-hmm. You know, I would just react. I would play basketball and I would react and I want to fight people. And I was like, what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. And thankfully I had enough awareness. I remember my friend was with me in one basketball game and I got in a fight with this, you know, whatever, 25 year old punk for, for a, no reason, just like a uh, zero stakes, fun basketball game, pickup game in West Hollywood, the mean streets of West Hollywood, yeah, right? right? 
got in a fight <laughs> with this kid over nothing just because we were talking trash and I felt like I was being taken advantage of. My friend was with me and he goes, dude, I don't want to be your friend anymore. This is one of my best friends from college. We played college football together. He's like, I just, every time something happens when I'm around you, you react and you get in a fight. I, you, I like that friend though, just being he's a very, great friend. Yeah. Because he made me like shift and be like, okay, yeah. I can't keep doing this behavior mm -hmm. and I'm about to lose my best friend mm -hmm. over something stupid. Are you guys still friends or? Yeah, was we're he, best friends. Really like, no, no, we're best friends. <laughs> no, no, we're best, we're best friends. We yeah. work together. He's amazing. He like, yeah. But um, that's when I was like, okay, I need to start looking within and seeing like what is going on. And that's when I started calling every therapist friend I know. I went to every you know, workshop, Tony Robbins, other stuff. I was just like, mm -hmm. what do I need to do? Because I was like, my life is working on the outside. Like everything I do and put my mind to, I achieve. Mm -hmm. So I never thought anything was wrong with me. I was like, every goal I've set, yeah. I make it come true. So I've got the answers. I was so egotistical, I was so cocky about it. I was just like, I don't need help, I know this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then when my friend checked me, I was like, yeah. I need to do something, like, okay, this is real. Yeah, that was like your moment, ultimatum moment. Huge almost. wake up call. Yeah. yeah. Well, what would you say out of all the things that, cause you said you went to Tony Rob Robbins, mm -hmm. met with different therapists. Yeah. Was there one that really stood out to you? That yeah, happened? there was an emotional intelligence workshop here in LA that I did that was five days long. And it just, it was like a lot of different games and exercises that would have us role playing with people in the group mm -hmm. to kind of take you back into your past. Of like, okay, this is your mom in front of you. What mm -hmm. do you want to say to your mom? This is your, it was like, you know, yeah. it went there. It was oh. kind of crazy. Yeah. It, it sounds like, but it's just myself and maybe it's something that I need to get over to, but it sounds like something that would make me very uncomfortable. <laughs> very uncomfortable. I wanted, yeah. to leave, I wanted to leave every day. But that's what like, helps you. Yeah. I was like, I don't need this. I can, <laughs> I can, I teach this stuff. Like I'm good. I yeah. help people with this stuff already. I wanted to leave every day. I thought I was better than everyone. And it was really just my walls um, holding me back from addressing what I really needed to talk about. Mm -hmm. And the first half of the five day workshop, we were going through everything from our past. And at one point, the, the trainer of the, of the workshop was like, okay, we are moving forward to figure out the vision you want for your life in the future. Like your goals, your dreams, the types of relationships you wanna have, your health. We're, we're creating a clear game plan for your future. But we had to address the past first in every area of your life in order for you to clear it up, forgive, move on, everything. So he goes, if there's anything you haven't addressed yet that you need to address, like now is the moment, otherwise we're moving forward. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was just like sitting there in the room with everyone. I was kind of going through everything in my head. I was like, nah, I talked about like my parents going through a divorce and like always fighting as a kid and how that affected me. I talked about, you know, all the breakups with girlfriends in the past and addressed that. I talked about, you know, feeling picked on and bullied in school, all this stuff. Um, being dyslexic, I was like, I talked about it all and I let it go. And then I was like, well, what about that one thing that I think about all the time? Like every day it comes to my mind. How come I've never shared this with anyone? And for whatever reason, I think the whole room was vulnerable. People were opening up about different stuff. Uh, and I was just determined to figure out what was, you know, wrong with me or what was happening. Mm -hmm. That I was like, oh, shoot. I think I need to share this. And if I don't share it now, I'll probably never share it in my life because mm -hmm. I was 30 at that time and I never talked about it. So I stood up in the room. I walked to the front. I remember looking down at the carpet. It looked similar like this. It had similar patterns. And I couldn't look anyone in the eyes. I was just staring down at the carpet. 
and everyone was in like a semicircle around. And I just started talking. I was like, when I was five years old, I was at the babysitters and I went through the whole story and I finished and I walked back to my seat and sat down and it was just like an eruption of bawling. I could not stop crying. It was just like coming out of me. My heart was pounding. I was shaking. It was just like crying. And thankfully there was a woman on each side of me. I was like, in the middle of both of you, and you guys were like hugging me <laughs> in this moment. Because they were okay to hug. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But these yeah. women were bawling. These women were, you know, yeah. crying their no, eyes I out. Imagine. I mean, I think it was very hard for the whole room to see this, you know, 6'4", mm-hmm. you know, strong-looking man to open up about this. Because a lot of people hadn't heard stories like that. Yeah. So I think for them, they were you know, affected. And the men in the room who'd been sexually abused who didn't talk about it, it affected them. The women who'd have been sexually abused, it affected them. Mm-hmm. And so I think there was a lot of healing for the whole room. And I remember I was just like, I gotta get out of here. I couldn't stop crying. Mm-hmm. So I ran out of the room. And then, you know, a few minutes later, one by one, the men came out. Like, I remember a guy like tapped me on my shoulder because I was just crying against a wall like this. And a guy like tapped me on my shoulder. I turned around and he just hugged me. He was like, you're my hero. And I was like, what? I was like, the thing I've been most afraid of my whole life made me a hero to talk about. Yeah. Like the thing that I didn't want anyone to know. And the next guy came up to me. He was like, I trust you with my life. He was like, for you to be able to open up about that, Mm -hmm. he was like, I trust you with anything. Anything you do, I'll trust you. I'll follow you anywhere. I was like, what? (laughs) I was like, the thing I'm the most afraid of. You built a pack. (laughs) And then... And then like all the men just came out and started telling me their stories, you know, the ones who had been sexually abused. And I was just like, this is insane. Yeah. And I just had to learn more. I had to learn more about this, this problem that a lot of men have faced, obviously women as well. But, and um, yeah, so I just went down the journey of like going deeper. I remember after this workshop, I was still afraid to tell people, right? I was like, this is like a safer place where yeah. no one knows me, mm-hmm. but my family didn't know. My friends don't know can I tell them? Or are they going to disown? You it from your family too. For- oh, no one knew. I didn't yeah. tell a soul for yeah. 25 years. Wow. So I remember being like, I have to tell my family. Mm-hmm. And I remember I called a, a therapist friend of mine. We're getting deep here. I apologize. No, no. I, I, called, I called a therapist friend of mine and I told her what had happened. And I go, I'm really scared to tell my family. How would you even set the conversation up to tell them. And she gave me a piece of advice that was amazing that I'll always remember. She said, you know, you want to make sure you tell them when they're receptive. Anything, whether it's a sexual abuse or something that you're afraid of in your life. You want to tell a friend, a family member, when you feel like they're able to receive the information because they may not be able to receive it. Mm -hmm. So I want you to ask them this question, each one of them first, and do it one-on-one. I want you to ask them, is there anything that I could ever say or do that would make you not love me. And just listen to what they say, listen to the response. If they start to, you know, question it and be worried, then maybe it's not the right time. Mm -hmm. But if they're like, yeah, it doesn't matter what you ever say or do, like I'm always gonna love you. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, my whole family, we're all pretty messed up human beings, you know, we've all been through (laughs) trauma and, you know, crazy stuff in our lives that all of them were like, absolutely not. Like, it doesn't matter what you ever say, what you ever do, I'll always love you. And so it kind of gave me permission to be like, okay, I can open up to them. Mm -hmm. 
And the most beautiful thing happened is when I opened up with my siblings, my parents about it. Yes, it was very like hard for them. And it was very challenging for my mom because my mom's the one who found the babysitter and it was the babysitter's son who was like a teenage boy. So she felt responsible and it like weighed on her for months. But each one of them, you know, during that hour conversation we had, each one, they kind of opened up to me about stuff that I didn't know about them. Oh, wow. So it brought me closer together with each one of my siblings and my parents. And, and you know, it brought us together. Mm-hmm. It's like the vulnerabilities we have when we share them at the right time with the right people can make those relationships stronger. Yeah, it had the opposite effect of. <sighs> and I thought they were going to disown me. Yeah. You know, I was like, <laughs> they're never going to love me, right? Yeah. And so then I started telling my friends one by one, and that was scary. And, um, but I just set it up. I was like, is there anything I could ever say or do that make you not like me, you know, or make you not want to be friends with me? Same thing. <laughs> Same tactic. You were like, all right. And then, <laughs> this and is then good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, then, and then I opened up about it publicly. After six months, my friends were like, you got to share this on your podcast because I had a show that was, was out. And I was like, there's no effing way I'm going to share this with the world. I'm terrified. And I remember thinking that, being like, because I'm terrified, I still need, I need to do it. I need to keep talking about it until my, my body doesn't shake mm. because that moment still has power over me and I don't want it to have power anymore. And so I kept talking about it until I felt fully free. Mm-hmm. And I remember opening up about it on my show and um, it, it just like broke the internet in my world because hundreds of essays came in from men sharing their story for the first time. Mm about their sexual abuse story. So it's been a beautiful journey and uh, didn't, didn't know I was going this deep with you guys, but. No, it's incredible. Thank you yeah, of course. for sharing it. Of course. It's just, you never really know what somebody is going through just mm-hmm. by looking at them. So right. I think that's just like, you know, something for everybody to keep in mind too in the back of their heads is just to be kind to everybody because you never know. It's funny you say that because um, I feel like, I don't know if you ladies have ever felt this way, but I feel like people are constantly judging me. Yeah. I feel like based on the way I look, based mm-hmm. on the way things I do, based on the way I talk, whatever, I feel like I'm being judged. And like, maybe you guys can... judging my braids today? They're right? A little, little judging crazy. everything. Like, it might be... <laughs> I don't know, because you guys are big personalities online, I'm sure you're constantly judged. Mm-hmm. What are they going to think about me? What am I going to think about, you know, right. if I'm wearing a bandana, if I'm wearing the Julia, whatever. It's like, I don't even know the type of judgments that women feel. But I've, I know that for me, I've, I've been fighting my whole life to break the mold of judgments. Okay, you're a tall jock. That's what like all girls are gonna assume. Like I'm just just this jerk, this asshole. That's like stereotype. The stereotypical jock. Mm-hmm. I remember going. I'm a big salsa dancer. I think I saw you like I salsa dancer recently. I love salsa. I've been salsa dancer. Yeah, I would have never known you do salsa. I know. I've been salsa dancer for 14 years. What? I've traveled the world to the best salsa clubs. It's one of my favorite passions. I'm gonna get a list from you. Every Wednesday night, <laughs> Sofitel, here oh, in West Hollywood. It's what? amazing. I didn't even know that. It's amazing. I always went into Descarga or Floridita. Ah, Floridita's too small. Yeah, it's tiny. I can't move in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm a giant, you know, I'm a giant. I, love I take it up the whole dance floor. like floor. grandparents in there and like... I know, it's great. Yeah. yeah it's, but then everyone's watching you eating their like food. Yeah, yeah it's That's what I'm gonna be doing while you guys yeah. dance. <laughs> <laughs> that one's... Yeah, exactly. So yeah, Wednesday nights, bring your man. It's fun. Yeah. Live uh, salsa band, it's great. Um, and I went to this I went to this club for the first time, I don't know, a few months ago. And I'm always judged at a salsa club. It's like I have to break down barracks. I'm like this tall white boy. Yeah. And like, you know, a sea of amazingly talented, mostly Latin community. <laughs> and I always give myself a challenge. I say, okay, 
I know I'm going to get rejected. Like in the first time in a club, <laughs> people are just going to assume that one, I can't dance because I'm like this tall guy Two, that I have like a big ego or something or whatever. Mm -hmm. They're just going to judge me. And so I try to be as disarming as possible. I try to have no flash, like just a black t-shirt, simple, nothing crazy. And I went to the, this club and, and, um, in West Hollywood and tried to, I try to dance with people all the time. And these girls just look at me and they're like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> and then, world. exactly. And, and then I'll go and dance. I'll find someone who will dance with me. And then they'll always come back later and they're like, I'm so sorry. Can you dance? Can we dance together? Yeah. They're always like, come back later. Yeah. Right. Once they see that, like I'm a gentleman, like mm -hmm. I'm actually, you know, I can dance like all these things. And, um, it's funny. I just constantly tell people always like, I'm sorry, I judged you. Yeah. And I think we're faced with that as human beings all the time. Mm -hmm. We're constantly judging the people we see. Like, I don't know your guys' lives. I only see what I see online. But that's not who you are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, we always talk about that because it's like for me, I'm like a girl who like shows my body and all this stuff. So people think I'm a certain way when it's like I'm not that. Like, I'm literally the opposite. opposite. I, yeah. It's so interesting you say that because I started dating someone a few months ago who is very similar. Like, shows her body a lot mm -hmm. on, online and Instagram and stuff. And I, I had a judgment around her before I met her. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I met her and I was like, wait, this isn't, wait, who are you? Like, yeah. and she was like, yeah, this is just marketing. You know, yeah. I just give people what they want, but she's like the sweetest yeah. woman in the world with the biggest heart. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, this is incredible, you know, incredible. Mm -hmm. But it's like, no matter who someone is or what they project online, you still shouldn't judge them. Mm -hmm. You still shouldn't do it because they're always something else inside, so. What if? Yeah. <laughs> scenario yep what if so somebody you were dating was projecting an image online that you just did not like like it was just like maybe they were doing like pranks or like doing things you know but it's if it was hurtful to people yeah then I probably wouldn't be with someone if they were doing hurtful things yeah mm -hmm. if um, it was only for it was only them you know mm -hmm. projecting something I think years ago, I probably would have judged him and like, eh, I don't know if I want to be with someone like that, mm -hmm. you know, who like shows her butt or shows this, whatever, all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking probably years ago, being like, eh, I don't know. But that's a, that's a bad judgment on my part because mm -hmm. this woman's incredible. Yeah, you're like, I would have missed out. She's, <laughs> she's my dream, you know, she's yeah. like a dream yeah. human being. Mm -hmm. How did you guys meet? Um, She's, he slid into the DMs. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> That's how she got you. <laughs> she we, lured you we in. Actually, we were both in relationships. Um, she started following me a couple of years ago, actually, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I knew who she was because she was a big personality. And I was like, oh, okay. No, she's, she's cute, you know. Uh, but I was in a relationship, and she was as well. And I just said, hey, like... Thanks for the follow, you know. You I mean, I was did. like, I just messed her of gentleman. You can uh, see all my DMs and everything. I was a gentleman. Uh -huh. I said, hey, thanks for the follow. If I can ever help with anything, let me know. Mm -hmm. Just very neutral. <laughs> and she said, you know, I've been following your work and your videos. And I'm really inspired by you. I want to get your book. And I go, yeah, just send me your address. I'll send you a copy. Mm -hmm. And that's it. That was all the communication. And then I saw that she had gone through a breakup like a, you know, a year and a half, year, year and a half later. And... I remember reaching out, uh, DMing her, just saying, hey, like, hope everything's going good. If I can help with anything, let me know. And she said, oh, I just went through a breakup, like, you know, I'm stressing or whatever, but I'll be okay. And I said, cool, well, let me know if I can support, you know, mm -hmm. if you need help. Again, never, I was still in a relationship. And then, um, but I remember thinking at that time, I was like, gosh, this is like a, she's a pretty inspiring woman, but I'm in a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I like didn't allow myself to go there. Yeah. Then I went through a breakup probably six months afterwards. And... 
I remember about a week after my breakup, I was like, okay, now I'm, and I was actually, the relationship should have been over a couple of years prior. I was like, about to say, I it was, was like. It was, it was, we had been off and on. We yeah. were in therapy for months because I tried to break up and she yeah. wanted to keep it, trying it. And I was emotionally. You can gone. tell though by, by you responding to. Very neutral though. Yeah, but very neutral. Very neutral. But neutral also, enough that if you're happy in a relationship, I think you don't give yeah, any thought any yeah. yeah, you just don't care. You don't, you don't want to help them out Not anyway. to say that. But like, I'm a very helpful person all the time with like, yeah. like yeah. I don't know. No, yeah, it's no, a different no. personality. But it's, yeah. I know what you mean though. Yeah. I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> neutral. <laughs> because it's, it's also, because the way you say it is like, yeah, if she needs help with anything, and then you're like, Girl, damn, this girl's great. Girl. <laughs> He's a good yeah. girl. I really, I really like this girl, but I have a girlfriend. But I was so helping hard. a lot of people, you know? I'm, yeah. I'm always helping people, so I know what you guys are saying. I know, you never did any actions that would make you, like... Compromise would, anything. Yeah. And she, and she in actually... In the back of your head, you're like... In my mind, I was yeah. like, God, I kind of, like, wanted to be single, yeah. just in general, because See, we were going through so much. that's how you know so when you shouldn't be with someone. When you, in your head, want to be single, you're yeah, not, I mean, you're like, I wish I was Yeah, it's not... We would talk about breaking up every month. You know, mm-hmm. we would talk about stuff i ended it and then she was like no we need to go to therapy and i was Which like was so kind of like you went through the process with her to help her yeah yeah i yeah. tried i tried my best it, it should you know she's a great girl but we weren't the right match yeah and i remember and i should have ended it a lot sooner but i remember like in my mind being like gosh is this the right thing for me like every day i would be like is this the right thing for me mm-hmm. but i cared about her and i loved mm-hmm. her and it was just like i was torn and i was like i need i want to be a good guy i want to like not run away from my problems. I want to work through this. Every relationship has challenges. Like, I'm going to do my best. Yeah. With the therapy, everything, right? But I remember seeing her go through this breakup and being like, God, I kind of wish I was single right now. You know, it's like, yeah. I kind of remember thinking that. Like, gosh. I wonder what this would be like, me, right? Let me because just message she was, her, do you need some help? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then that was it. Do you need me to help live some cool, neutrally? The cool thing about it, the cool thing about it is like, um, we were both like very respectful when we were in relationships. Yeah. Like, just like, hey, I'm a fan. Here's my book. Like, cool. Let me know if I can help. That was it. Yeah. Right. It's very simple. So you can see like all our stress. He's like, he's like, I, <laughs> I promise you, because 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 she, I think she really respects me for that because she gets hit on. I'm sure like you guys, she gets hit on by every like famous yeah. person, every like whatever football player, everything, uh, pop star and stuff like that. And she um, football player. <laughs> yeah, football and she uh, and so I remember like a week after we broke up, my ex and I broke up in December. It was Christmas Day, actually. I remember I was alone on oh. Christmas Day, oh. no presents, nothing. And I remember just being like, Will you be this my is... present? <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember being like, Can I be yours? I remember being like very, I was stressed to go through a breakup of being with someone for four and a half years, four, four and a half years, on and off. And I was like, Gosh, this sucks because I did care about her mm-hmm. and it was, you know, there's a lot of love between us. Yeah. But I was also in my heart like, this is the right thing and I feel peace finally. Yeah. I felt peace for the first time in like a couple of years where I was stressed for, for many years. So I was like, this is a funny moment. I'm alone on Christmas. I was watching a Christmas story, oh, the movie. I had to watch that every year growing right? up. Right? Yeah, no, yeah, I was watching this. I was just like, okay, I think this will be my last Christmas I'm alone. And let me just enjoy this for a moment and just like sit with the mess of the breakup and everything. And I remember, this is a week after we'd broken up, and I remember being like flipping on the gram, and a photo of this girl pops up. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, now that I'm single, yeah. like I can flirt with her. And she has a nice butt. She got an amazing, amazing <laughs> butt. But I'm, I'm like drawn to Latin. Like yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm drawn to, she's Latin, and I'm drawn to Latin people. And, oh, uh, yeah. Because I'm a salsa dancer. Yeah. So I love the passion. So I, um, 
I remember just like DMing her and now I'm flirting. Mm -hmm. Now I'm like flirting. And she catches me right away. She goes, hey, don't talk to me like that. You have a girlfriend. And I was like, so she was like, hey, don't do that. You're like, I like that. I liked it because yeah. we never were like that before. It was very yeah. like, hey, you know, yeah, let me know if I can help. You're like, ooh. And very professional, yeah. right? And so, <laughs> you in your place. and I didn't know if she had a girlfriend. It had been, I don't know, six, seven, eight months since she'd broken up. Or, so I didn't know if she was in a relationship or not. And I was just a messenger. And um, she was like, hey, don't talk to me like that. You have a girlfriend. And I go, well, we just broke up a week ago. And she goes, here's my number. Text me. And so <laughs> I started texting her on Christmas. Yeah. And, um, it's been a magical experience ever since that day. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. That is awesome. Do you guys have like a public relationship? Or she wants it too. Yeah. But um, why does happen. she want it? Do you know? I think she is just so proud. I think she's in love with me a yeah. lot that she wants to share her whole life. Yeah. And, it's and her 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 online presence is her always sharing her life. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm a very private person in my intimate relationship because. My last relationship got messy because she took it public about the breakup mm. in a negative way. And I was like, no, that's never, it's not fun. Never cool. Yeah, yeah. it was not cool. So yeah. I had to deal with the mess of like people asking questions and being like, what's the right story? What's the true story? I'm like, none of this actually matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. we, we Were you afraid this. of judgment too? That was my biggest fear. Yeah. So my biggest fear that I never wanted to happen happened where yeah. someone like spread rumors and lies uh. and then everyone just started to believe something. Right. Cause they're so close to you. Right. And they know everything. They yeah. know the context of the relationship. They know everything that Always she did that sides, I did. Guys. Yeah. So I think that was yeah. a, that was a challenging, you know, month for me because she went on a vengeance of just bullying me online. My ex mm -hmm. did. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I can play into this game and say like, well, actually, here's all the proof of what happened on both sides and like play this game mm -hmm. and make it a mess. Or I can focus on my vision of helping people. Mm -hmm. And in no, in no place in my life have I ever said like, I'm perfect and I never mess up. Mm -hmm. But I took ownership of mistakes that I made with this person privately with her. Yeah. We went to therapy, we tried everything. Like we talked about this stuff. So for me, it was uh, it was sad to see her publicly bully me and shame me and like spread lies. Um, and again, I want the best for her and I wish her well. Yeah. But it was just like that's why it's messy. Social media can be messy in that Slide sense. Slide over that NDA. My my best <laughs> yeah. friend, who's my business partner, is like, moving forward, if you're in a real relationship with someone, you need to have like an agreement for both of you. Mm -hmm. So if neither of you can do something online, like to hurt each other's image, to try to. I'm do you sure guys have that with your relationship? I don't know, but I mean, I see where it's smart when you're in the public eye and it makes sense and somebody can just, sometimes during breakups, people can not be themselves and just- Be irrational. Yeah, mm -hmm. and just like, cause they, they're so in love and they're, or they're so heartbroken that they're doing things that just they normally wouldn't do. And then, you know, that will legally <laughs> prevent them yeah. from doing our cease and desist, desist, right? Have you ever experienced that in a breakup? I've um, not really in breakup because I like to keep that pretty private. But I've had it with like, have you ever like worked with someone like, and then you stop working with each other because maybe you like grow apart or yeah. something. And then they come out with all these yeah, lies. That's so, it's so horrible. It's they make up so many lies and they, you hear all these stories. I'm like, we didn't hate each other. I didn't hate you. Sometimes you just grow it's apart like, from people. I still people. don't hate you. But I still don't, don't hate like you. What you're doing. And then now, then they hit you up and like they want, or they say hi to you in public. It's like I can't engage with you because now if people scare see us me. together. They're yeah. gonna think that all the things that you said were true. I know. Because they're all false. Like I hate when it's I the hear worst. things yeah. about me from other people that like know me and stuff. I'm like, 
you're like blatantly lying and it's like hurtful. Yeah, <laughs> no, it sucks when people do that, but also it's like, there's people have different thoughts on, you know, prenups and yeah, of course. like yeah. agreements. It's like, you gotta have trust if gotta going to trust. In, but, but I think sometimes that you don't in relationships no. when people are being like that and petty like that is because they're coming from a hurt place. If you break up and you're not ha and you're not upset about it and you guys go your way and you just you're not gonna say those many things when they are upset that they're not with you, it goes from the sad to like the angry to like Anger. I hate you. And yeah. they wanna like ruin you. Yeah, of you course. Know? And that's so. what you try to do. I think that I guess the way I would see it is with an NDA, like why would you be so angry to sign an NDA when it's new in a relationship? We're still learning about each other. We don't know right. much about each other until like two years in a relationship. I feel like that's kind of when you know the most right. about a person. So we're fresh and this isn't going to hurt you in any way, but it could hurt right. both of us. Exactly. Like if we don't. It's for both people, I think, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I think that would make it better if it's not like only on you. Like, okay, yeah. you sign. It's like no, we no. both sign one. Yeah, I won't, I won't go crazy if something happens and, you know, shame you online or something, you know. Yeah. Exactly. I think it's, uh, you know, the sad part about going through a breakup is you have to grieve a breakup. Mm -hmm. And then... The challenging part is you're trying to grieve, but you're also having to deal with someone who's posting negative like lies, whether it's a business breakup or yeah, a so friendship. Yeah, so it just adds a layer. And you're like, I'm still yeah. grieving like this four and a half year relationship. Like yeah. it's still hard, even though we weren't the right fit. It's still like challenging. You're you know, mm -hmm. sleeping yeah. next to someone. Let me right love now. you still. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. But then you're just like, okay, someone really hates you. They want to like shame you and bully you. Mm -hmm. And then you have to deal with the judgment of thousands of people who are messaging you being like, what's true? Did you do this? You betrayed me. Like, and the comments on your picture, like all the, the comments. worst person ever. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I've never really, I never really had that type of like bullying and hate before. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys experience a lot of like different negative comments because you have massive mm -hmm. teen followings. I'll just say that, you know, it's like, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. but I've never, I'm, I'm like always coming from a positive place. Yeah. And so maybe like one negative comment a week, you know, of all my content. <laughs> Yeah. But this was a different thing for me where it was like, it felt like the whole world was judging me. Yeah. Again, it was only like my circle of like following or whatever, but it felt like mm -hmm. these attacks. And it brought me back to this like place as a kid where I felt like I was being abused and taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. And I had to do so much work on myself to, to continue to like process and like go through it. And I was like, this is a new experience that I've never dealt with. Yeah. And it was rough for me. I don't know, you guys probably do a lot better job than I would do at it, but... <laughs> I remember it was also a great, powerful lesson. Like I feel so much stronger on the other side. Yeah. Like now I can take these types of like attacks. That's what we like, we say too. We have pretty thick skin. Like you have to now, cause it builds up now. over time, right? You're not, very few people are born with that. <laughs> like just being able to take, you know, Constant nasty, nasty comments. Was there ever a time where you guys were, would think twice about posting something cause you were like, oh, how much negative comments I'm gonna mm -hmm. get around this? Yeah, I mean, now I just post what I think She's I like. She's good at that. Yeah. She just posts whatever. Me, that's what I struggle with because, like, I'm, I'm okay with just posting my body, my looks all day. That's fine for me, but, like, posting my personality is hard for me. Because, Why? I don't know, because it's like when people are hating on your body or saying you're not hot, or it's so, like, okay, I don't care, you know? Like, mm -hmm. okay, you don't find me attractive. But when someone, like, <laughs> takes, like, digs at, like, who you are as a person or your personality, it hurts a little bit more. And I have really, really tough skin, so it's not, it's just yeah. like 
Also, I don't even know how to showcase my personality because I don't want it to come off cringy. Sounds you know? like you're doing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is why I'm doing it. I don't yeah. think I've ever this seen you our... speak before. No, no that, one does. That's that's one just, of... I was like, oh, that's what she sounds like. Yeah. You know? That's what ever, I ever That's one of the like, most oh, exciting things, though, for me about doing this podcast this summer, too. I'm like, it's one of the best outlets for her to yeah. show her opinions, like what she thinks, like her personality, all those things that yeah. you've been wanting to show mm -hmm. on your social media channels. Yeah, for me it's just hard because I have a fan base that doesn't care. You know, uh, because they like what? shut up somewhere, like just uh, turn around, they don't care what you're saying, oh, man. you know? No, but, yeah, I think they but do I'm though. Still, yeah. I've, been, I've been working hard the last like couple years growing a fan base who likes me for me. Th but I'm just saying that's yeah. from my think, insecurities. See, it's like me I think you probably see like the seven guys who probably say a comment, yeah. but there's millions of people that are like, hey, I want to know more about this girl. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But also what's more, you know, valuable at the end of the day is like, all right, weed out those followers yeah. that like yeah. don't care to go beyond, you know. Mm -hmm. Right, and I think a lot of it too is I've had bad people in my life, like, my career, I've had Coaching bad management, I've had bad people, been with bad people that have filled my head with really negative, horrible, manipulating things. Oh, no. So it's not even my fans or people have said stuff, it's people in my past that have said things to yeah. me that like are still in my head and it's like hard to like overcome it, you know? No, you gotta hang out with yeah. Amanda more. Yeah. <laughs> she's, a po she's a positive Cheers. force. Yeah. yeah. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. That's cool. And how did you guys first get connected? What what have really attracted you to I summer? Slid in her DMs, like you slid in the Latin <laughs> girl's yeah, DMs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's cute. <laughs> like, what what made you really attracted, or what's the quality you love about her personality the most that yeah. people don't know about? Oh, that people don't don't know about. I would say how how goofy she mm. is. Like she doesn't like, and she's so much fun, but also she's really loyal mm. and sweet. And like, she actually, she really cares, you know? You mean she's not just a sexual body with a booty, that's it? <laughs> no, imagine, that's what I was like. I really like her butt. <laughs> I really like her. You're so sweet, oh, which, is, which summer, is true too. And what's the thing you love about Amanda that most people don't know about based on her online personality? What's the thing that you see? <laughs> the thing about Amanda is she pretty much, she has a really good way of like engaging with her fans. I feel like a lot of people know who she is, but like Amanda's one of the most like driven Per people I've ever met, she's literally so working 24-7. Like, she's just like the hardest worker I've ever met. She's so driven, like she's always following her dreams, doing wow. whatever it takes to get there. And she's so sweet. She's like very mothering. <laughs> she's like very like wow. summer. No, she literally is like my mom. Like sometimes summer, you're like, late. I like, yeah. I like this yeah. She's like always like taking care of me and stuff. She's just like oh, really amazing. That's nice. Aww, summer. That's great. Hey, what's your guys? This is like a good exercise. <laughs> Look at him working us over here. He's like, what's Let your me guys? <laughs> well, I mean, you guys are film. You know, you're filming a lot at one time. What's your guys' yeah. vision together as a pair? What's the impact you want to make? in the world with your, this message, with the other work you're gonna be doing in the future, what do you guys see? I, I say it's also showing girls out there too that you know you can work together, you uh, can build a business together and be successful together. Like to me- Woman empowerment. Yeah, mm -hmm. and like you hear that being thrown around all the time, but some people say woman empowerment, they say these things, but they don't do really? the actions towards it either. And I feel like one of the biggest things that you can do in that movement or just in general in life, because it should always exist, is do what you say, do what you preach, right? So for Summer and I coming together, it's like completely unexpected because we have 
I guess yeah. we would be seen as competitive uh -huh. in mm -hmm. a space, but instead of competing against each other, we're, we're lifting each other up. Yeah, and growing together. You know, I think a lot of people, in the, I think it's beautiful that you guys are doing that. And I think the only way to truly succeed is collaboration. Mm -hmm. It's not competition. It's to find the competitors. So I had another beautiful girl with a similar following size or whatever, and say, I don't want to try to beat and dominate that person and be bigger than. Mm -hmm. I want us to both rise together, like you said, and collaborate on more things. Mm -hmm. I think when people in their own industry find the competition, you can reach out to them and be best friends with them mm -hmm. yeah. and say, how can we partner together? How can we collaborate? How can we share resources? How can we create content together? Like so you we coming both grow. here today too. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, for me, it's all about collaboration. That's the only way uh, to succeed is if we all succeed together. Mm -hmm. No, I love that. I always go back to all the, you know, like Beyonce, Timberland, all the biggest <laughs> people in the world, they came from groups. They came from bands. They came from... But even still, everyone. Beyonce will take people on her stage, put them right next to her, give them, them the entire stage to perform, and be like, all right, you take the stage now. Yeah. like, And just give that opportunity to people, too. And I think that's like... It's crazy. That's like the best energy, that's the best karma, right? Mm -hmm. I think when you become a master of something, mm -hmm. it's, it becomes your responsibility to say, man, who are all the mentors, the people that have helped me get here? Mm -hmm. Like they all gave me that moment on stage, or that moment uh, in a collab, that. and mm -hmm. say, okay, who are the talented people who I wanna see get to this certain level one day? How can I create that for them? It's, I think it's our responsibility to create those moments for other people all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm curious about um, the biggest fear both of you guys have mm -hmm. of you've both built this massive audience. I don't know, you're 20 million or whatever it is, 50 million people everywhere. What's the biggest fear for you? Is it staying relevant? Is it I'm getting older and my audience is going to find someone younger that they're going to want to follow? Is it I've hit the peak? You know, what is the fear for each one of you? Let's start with Summer. I kind of touched base on it a tiny bit. It was like my fear is like like not evolving because it kind of took because I, when I first started like if you go through my page it was like literally but but, but. <laughs> I, had a, I had a bad manager at the time and he would tell me um, if I, I send him like a picture I want to post on my face and, like you know like to say like is this cute he would say we can't post that it won't get likes. Oh my gosh! So, so like for my up. life like for yeah. a long time oh like in the beginning gosh. of my career like. I thought I was ugly, like I thought I didn't have a f good face and oh all that stuff. Gosh. So like, I would like, even if I, like I would send him like a few pictures and be like, what one should we post? One would have my face in it, one wouldn't. One would only be my butt. He would always choose that one. So it's like my biggest fear always was like showing who I am because I had like someone always in my ear, like, cause he just wanted me to be like, cause I was controllable when I was just a butt on Instagram. So then when I got rid of him and I started like posting more of my face, more like, more like aspects of me. And now I'm getting to the point where I'm like posting more, but that was like a fear of mine. And like a fear of mine was just not evolving and like showing like different sides of me. Cause that's like literally not who I am at all. It's like right. so funny. It's like anything but who I am. But yeah, I knew, <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go back to that. <laughs> You're like, sorry, I made it funny. She yeah, has to say it. Like, all right, here she goes. So yeah, it's just like, yeah. like may having people not understand me because I've yeah. been a certain way my whole like career on Instagram, three, four years, like mm -hmm. being, a girl who has a nice body, but it's like, if I try to show people other parts of me, they're like, oh, well, now she's trying too hard. That's not really who she is. Yeah. So it's like, for me, I'm like scared to show different levels to me because people think it's not authentic. When mm -hmm. it is really authentic, me showing my body yeah. only wasn't authentic to me, but that's kind of it. I feel like you, sometimes you feel some guilt for like, 
showing your body probably because of the negative comments that you see. And I don't think you ever have to feel guilty for that. If mm -hmm. you're doing, like, if somebody's telling you to do a pose that you wouldn't normally do, then yeah, you're going to feel guilty. Yeah, I, I like work hard for my body and always say, yeah. like, if, if you have a Ferrari, you're going to leave it in the garage kind of thing. But it's like, I get sometimes insecure when like, cause me, I have like a Bible verse in my bio and I'm very mm. like, I love God and stuff. So it's like when people say like, you're not, you can't do that. Like God does not liking that. Whatever. That's what makes me feel guilty. But then I go back to, I grew up in a family where we love, like my dad's a bodybuilder. I grew up him, with him. He's, he's my coach when I used to compete in bodybuilding. My mom is a bodybuilder. So I grew up thinking that the human body's work of art, you know? Yeah. So then when I come to LA and it's like perverted, it's like all, I'm like, what? Like my family does not look at it like that. I think it's, isn't that fascinating? You know, I grew up wanting to be super like humble about my accomplishments and, and have humility with like what I was creating. But I was interviewing someone yesterday who was like, you should show off more. He was like, God sh shows off all the time. Look at nature, look at waterfalls, look at the rainbows. Wow. That's God mm -hmm. showing off. Yeah. That was her. That was his perception of it. He mm -hmm. was like, God is showing off. Look at the creation of the world and the universe. Why would you discount your creator from what you can show off too? Summer's yeah. taking notes on that like, right, right now. She's you like, guys yep. see my page? Her bio like, changes. Summer chill, summer yeah, yeah, yeah. chill. Just like straight ass, yeah. like, yeah. check yeah. this out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But you're, I would say you're probably more like in the, uh, the second phase of the beginning of your career, because you're 22, you just kind of got started the three, four years ago, you said, mm -hmm. or Manny, you've been, you've been doing business for more than three years, right? Yeah. Been, this is like six, seven, eight years now for you, where you've kind of like reinvented a few different times and you've evolved into, from maybe you just started off as photos and videos online to now it's like, let's create, yeah. uh, you know, these other projects and well, podcasts I'm, I'm and like, shows. And I was the Playmate Centerfold and that's how I started, but that's not how I, like, so for me, like when in 2011, October 2011, it was my centerfold. And wow. I was at college at Florida State and I was 19, flew to LA, shot my centerfold, it got approved, and then now I'm a playmate. Wow. I'm like, all right. Um, you were in college. Yeah. Wow. And then I moved down to Miami and I was like, okay, I want to do more just because that wasn't like creatively satisfying for me. It's like, I'll use it as a platform, check it off the bucket list and do acting. And then when I came out to LA, that <clears throat> wasn't like, it kept putting me in the stereotype of you have to go out for roles that are meant for mm, playmates. Sexy, yeah. nude, whatever, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, that's not, that's something that I did like, and I'm not ashamed of, like I'm actually really proud of it because it's one centerfold every month and so much history in the magazine and I felt good about my body. I was going to the gym two times a day and I was like, wow. yeah. But now I look back and I'm like, it's better now. <laughs> um, but then from there, I was like, but it's hard for me to do other things now. Like it had the reverse effect on me. I had like 25,000 followers from it and because social media wasn't really it's like, new, yeah. yeah. So then I had to find a way to make content that would change the image of me and what people would see of me. So I was like, all right, comedy is the perfect way for me to do that. And I have to do it all on my own because I don't have any money, <laughs> really. Right, right. Because I just spent all that centerfold money. I just like put it towards my bills at college. Yeah. And so for me, like I had to do kind of what you're going through right now. Like I had to do that like in 2013. And mm -hmm. still to this day, like, no matter what, if you're showing off your body, 
like no matter what it is, you're always gonna get comments. Even if you wear a collar neck shirt mm. and just because you have a pretty face, you know, you're gonna get comments of being like, or just because you're a female too, you're gonna get comments being like, hey, um, just turn around. I you used know? to always think that like I was the only one because I always like came from being like an Instagram model. I would hang out with YouTube girls, and they're like, "No, Summer, I get the same comments, and I've never posted a picture like you." Yeah. They ask me wow. to twerk and all this stuff. They tell you to but, take your shirt off. Yeah. Or yeah, it's just guys in general. But I think um, like Amanda's so inspiring to me because it's like she came from like you know we have similar yeah. like places that we've came from, and she has turned that. And Amanda's known for like being an amazing personality, you know. So it's like. It's amazing that she took that and made this huge thing, and it just makes me be like, oh, I can do that. Yeah, Thanks, that's Summer, cool. But you're doing it right now. You you're not like, we don't have you turned around on your chair. Can you imagine if I was like, just hey, Summer, you're going like to be standing right here. Like, I have a great opportunity Don't say a word. You. We just want you for the thumbnail. Because right. the first, like, t like, even when I lived with a bunch of YouTubers, for the longest time, I was just their thumbnail. Just the Like, bot. they just wanted yeah. me to be, like, their thumbnail. Like, turn around. So I'm like... But you, you know, know it's like, and I have a voice. Yeah, but, <laughs> no, but I had the same issue too when people would find out I was a playmate and I'd be like, hey, I need to build a reel for myself to send it to like managers and agencies and for auditions. Um, they would always give me like the sexy roles and I'd be mm -hmm. like, oh, come on. Like, so I had to start making my own content so I could brand myself that way and then mm. people would put me in their own content as these right. different roles. Right. Not just the sexy character. What do you feel like is the biggest challenge for both of you since you have a big platform? Is the challenge getting, you know, do you want to be an act, more of an actor in like mm -hmm. TV and movie stuff as opposed to just your own productions? Or what's the challenge for you now? Yeah, I would say it's that, but it's not as difficult as it was even two years ago. Because mm -hmm. people understand, I mean, at least producers, and they understand social media a lot better now. Now and they mm -hmm. want someone with a big following. Exactly, yeah. yeah. If you have like the talent and the big following, it's like a win-win. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's, you know. But you can't have a following and no talent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's the big vision for you? What's the thing you want the most and the biggest challenge then? Um, well, I, I think everything in my life has been a challenge, but mm -hmm. that's like what makes it fun. Um, but I would say just having my own show on what like show? What Netflix, type of show? like on... more of like a comedy. Mm. Start with that, yeah, because mm -hmm. it's in my genre, a right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then have that, you know, maybe even produce on it and just help package it and put it together. That's and, great. Yeah, just so, think of like you know next level things to do with my career that excite me and. That's definitely why I started. So. That's cool. Okay. What about you? What's the what's the vision, the dream, and the challenge? I just want to be like a mogul. Just a what's that mean? What's that mean? <laughs> oh, it's just like entrepreneur, like like do everything. Like I would think like um, Oprah's a mogul. Like there's a bunch of people I would say as a mogul, and it's just like one of those people where they're a huge name, and if they're in a movie, it's like oh, they're so and so. If they're in they, like whatever, the rock. yeah, yeah, Oprah. rock. Yeah. The Rock, whatever. Gosh, I want to interview The Rock I want to be the, so bad. I want to be the female <laughs> yeah. Rock. So the female version of The Rock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it's just like, I want to have a clothing line, have this, have everything. And it's just kind of like, I'm just me. I'm just Summer right doing my thing. Doing mm -hmm. your thing. So that's, that's cool. that's what I want to do. Very nice. going to do it. What do you think will be the biggest challenge for you to make that happen? Um, believing in myself. So I, I struggle with that sometimes. But Still, you struggle with believing yourself? Um, not like... I sometimes have moments like where I don't, but then I have moments where I do, and I think it's like my age sometimes because it's like I see girls who are older and stuff, and they're like 
like more confident. Like I always talk to my mom about it too. Like when she says when she was in her thirties, that was the best time of her life. She was most confident. Mm -hmm. Everything she always tells me like when she was in like you know when you're in your early twenties and yeah, especially yeah. out here, it's like it's just like sometimes you just like get like a little down on yourself sometimes. Yeah. What advice would both of you have for like an eighteen to twenty two year old woman kind of like trying to get out of school and go start her own thing, whether it's similar to what you guys are doing or just get out in the world and, and start their career. And yeah. maybe, maybe they're doubting themselves or don't believe in themselves. What would you say? I would say you have to do what you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it all stems from there. It's like you have to know what it is that you want. And then if you just go and do something because it's cool to do or, you know, yeah. you hear so many people say they want to be YouTubers and it's like, but why? Like, what do you, yeah. for what? Yeah, see, that was what we talk about. A lot of people, like, on the internet, I see, like, every other girl, like, trying to do what I do, you know, like, copying me to, like, the T, you know? And mm -hmm. it's just, like, for me, it's, like, why I'm successful and why I did what I did. I didn't do it because everyone was doing it. I didn't do it because it was cool. I did it because I was doing it and it's, like, I just did it you know it wasn't like i never even saw anyone else doing it so it's like when you do something because you loved it and that's what that's how you're always going to be successful if you're doing and that's just a short-term thing too it's like if you're doing it to copy someone mm -hmm. there's a new thing that you're going to see it's like oh i want to copy that now and then it's going to switch you know so you have to just stay true to yourself like mm -hmm. me it's like i'm always true to myself i never copy anyone like i do my own thing I always stay true to myself. It's just sometimes believing in myself because there's so many different things that can sometimes make you feel down on yourself and always people trying to tell you, tear you down and stuff, but like, I'm always true to myself. What do you think it'll take for you to believe in yourself more? <sighs> That's just my own personal challenge. More positive comments, guys. <laughs> no, no, I think when I um, just start, like, it's not that I don't believe, it's like that I don't think that I'm living up to my full potential. Uh, and that's like, how you feel right now? Yeah, but now on the what podcast. Would it, what would it look like? <laughs> what would it look like sucks. for the results that you would create in your life to be like, I made it. I'm reaching my fullest potential in this moment. What would that mean? Would that be double the following? Would that be bigger engagement? Would it be getting a, a movie, a show, making more for money? Me, I always want to be known for something deeper than having a nice body. And I think that's why I don't ever feel like I've accomplished something because it's like, okay, so you're attractive on the internet. Like when people mm -hmm. think about me, they don't think, oh, Summer's a businesswoman, Summer's this. They think, oh, Summer has a nice butt. Like that's so like one dimensional and mm -hmm. so like, like, so that's why it doesn't make, I'm proud of where I've, I'm just starting. So it's not like I'm done. I'm like, guys, thanks for all my support. I'm logging off, like, yeah. you know, yeah. but it's just like, I'm just starting. Yeah. Like, but I'm just saying that's why in my heart, I'm not like, oh my God, I've made it because it's like, but I want to be more than that. That's and I am more than that. And that's on you. Yeah. Cause right now, like what you're, what you do and you're changing it, especially with this is you're putting out that image of that's what uh -huh. you want to be known for and that's what the response that you want from people. Mm -hmm. And then the only thing that's ever going to change that is what you post and what mm -hmm. you do. Because yeah. then, you know, if people see another version of you, like whether they enjoy it or not, that's the branding that you have to go with. Mm -hmm. Even like my, my boyfriend, Johannes, when he was uh, doing his profile, he started doing comedy videos, but he's like, I love fitness. Like, I want to do fitness, but I have this whole following because of comedy videos. It's like, 
just Do change it to fitness. fitness. And now Start everyone thinks that he's that. Yeah. And for me, it's like I. And how's it been for him? Sorry to catch you yeah, off, but how's it been amazing. from transitioning? Great. He's yeah. so much happier. All right. Yeah. And he's, when I met him in here, he was like, I can't wait for the gym to get yeah. built up and just be able to film all day in the gym. I'm just excited. Yeah, yeah. He's super passionate about it. He loves it. And it's like, you know, once you love something that much and you're working towards what your goal is. It doesn't even feel like work. No. When you're doing something you love. Yeah, and you don't care as much about the comments or the numbers at that point, too. Like, yeah, it's important for, like, if it's your business, but at the same time, you're not stressing about it because you're having so much fun during the process of it. Yeah. I'm trying to think of what is your audience really thinking? Mm -hmm. What do they really want to know from you? No, I love that. I'm sure they love to see all the fun and other sexy stuff, too, but it's like, I bet the women and the girls that follow you are like, yeah. what do they really feel about, like, their insecurities and about... The next phase of the career and about what people are thinking about them. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that and like for me, it's like when I'm sitting here being like, I probably shouldn't have said that. But then, like you said, girls were gonna like respect it and be yeah. like, see, even Summer doesn't believe in herself sometimes. Even Summer feels insecure. Even Summer doesn't always have positive thoughts about herself. So yeah. yeah. So the thumbnail, <laughs> the thumbnail is your butt, but we're all and working. it's how to overcome self doubt. About <laughs> Perfect. I love Amanda. <laughs> so, can you guys imagine if we take all the thumbnails and then Amanda like sneaks one on my button? That's every single thumbnail. I'm like, oh, I thought we took another thumbnail. The CPMs. <laughs> but her boobies are a good thumbnail too. Well, so. maybe it's both that's of yours. That, that's the thing though, is like, you don't have to stop posting what I you just post. add to it. Because I yeah. like sprinkle, I even sprinkle in like sexy photos here and that I hope are sexy. <laughs> no, they are. <laughs> like, you're right. sexy. Hey, but, you like, gotta I keep just, the engagement high. You yeah, know? you sprinkle it And in. you can't yeah. change well, it's also, who, like, you, who why, why a lot of girls I see fall off is because <laughs> they change all of a sudden. They're like, oh, this is exactly what I don't wanna be anymore. I'm gonna go home once. It's like, then you lose your following because people are like, that's lose not it. why I followed you. I remember you. seeing like a girl, I can't remember who this is, but she was like known for twerking or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. And then she stopped doing it. And someone brought her, her attention to me recently and she was like, yeah, her engagement is gone. Yeah. You know, because she tried to be something completely different. Yeah. And it's like, you got to She should have, like, I, I just it sprinkle in, you know? it in like this. No, no, no. I yeah. sprinkle it in, though, because, like, I like it. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like. No, see, that's I my thing, too. I, yeah. Even if I didn't have to sprinkle in, I work hard for my body. Yeah. yeah. And, so. yeah, and I honestly, I get the most growth and engagement through comedy content, like mm -hmm. the, the videos. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I do a photo, I'll get a lot of, like, likes on it, sure. But it's but, not getting following. Yeah, it's yeah. not growing me or my brand, but I like the photo and I'm like excited to post it because I'm like, damn, I look good in this one, I that's think. That's good. <laughs> oh, let stop. See, let, that's let she needs it. She was telling me to be confident and stuff, and then you're like, I think, I think. You are <laughs> Always add it. Disclaimer. <laughs> I think, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, this is like, we need to get to the honey pot. This is the last thing All that right. we're going to do. Ooh, got some honey Enough in there? About do we have summer. time for both of them? We'll just do one, I think. Okay. We'll do this. That's about summer. <laughs> you hear about us every day. You guys, I need counseling. I've never been to a counselor ever. <laughs> I have a lot to say. Yeah. <laughs> this has been good for us. Who would have known you to talk this much? Summer. I know. I, I know. talk a lot. Oh, yeah. You do? That She's was like, the other inspiration for yeah. our podcast, too. I'm like, you speak a lot. Do you guys do any solos or just you two? No. Oh, you should finish. You should yeah. do a few of these, yeah. You should finale. Yeah, the season finale. Or just us two. Just yeah, you we... two, where you like either taking questions of each other or <laughs> just going in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We like Amanda's here. I'm here. We're like I stare down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the other side of the room now. Okay, so this is our honey pot. This is where our honeybees write in their diary entries, oh, and we is that the audience? Yeah. <laughs> the 
tribe name. Yeah. I like it. All right. <laughs> um, where they write in their diary entries and we give them, you give them advice. Okay, this is interesting. Yeah, now this is your turn. Yeah, I'll do my best. This is your podcast now, so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, honey, I dated a girl for a few years and then had a really bad breakup. It's been six months apart now and I recently matched with her sister on Tinder and we've been talking. Is the sister off limits? Is this a guy who's dating? Is this a female to female or male to uh, female? Let's do both. <laughs> I have zero advice for the female dating your we'll female. We'll do the male then. Okay, so a guy broke up with his ex, it's been six months, and then matched with his ex's sister on Tinder. I just think that's messy. <laughs> yeah. I actually, uh, yeah, I just think it's really messy. I have a friend who actually went through this similar experience. Or he, not a Tinder thing, but he dated the older sister. And then a year later, they, they broke up and then he started dating the younger sister. And I remember being like, man, that doesn't seem like it could end up yeah, well. Yeah, that's... And they, you know, you, you think it works because, okay, he already knows the family. They already know this is a good guy or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't work out. He started dating the younger sister. They moved in together. They were together for about three or four years. But there was always tension and it never worked out. I don't yeah. know if it wasn't because they were the right fit. Oh, because of that reason, but I feel, I feel like there's so many other people opportunities in the world. <laughs> yeah, there's so many other people that just don't get in a messy situation because yeah. you're gonna ruin that person's heart, mm -hmm. and you don't want to hurt someone yeah. intentionally that close to them. So, right. I would just say, keep it out. That's the and it's messy. girl code yeah. for like friends, like yeah. to date like another girl. It's a whole other <clears> level for sisters. sisters. That would just gr it grosses me out. <laughs> like I'm yeah. like. My sister has been with a guy, like, I for sure right. do not want to be with it. Even if, like, number one guy in the world who looks awesome, yeah. like, great personality, all that stuff, I'd be like, nope, you are my brother. I don't yes. want so, like, right. this is right. incest for me. Yeah. And I don't want no yeah. leftovers, especially from, like, sisters, let alone yeah, friends. they had, like, sex and yeah. two. I think it's messy. Because remember I yeah. talked about, because yeah. in high school, I left, I dropped out freshman year, and my sister was eighth grade when I was in freshman year. So then when she moved to freshman year, she dated all the guys that I dated. No like, way. Yeah, so I kind of been there. You, I you didn't care though. Oh, okay. And I never, like, I'm really prude and stuff, so in high school I never even <laughs> did it with anyone. She didn't even kiss so, them. So I think it was like a little smooch here and there. But for me, if I would been with them, I think it would have been more weird, but like wow. I'd never been with them. Yeah. So it was weird. Like I would just talk to my mom about like, yeah. wow, this is weird. It depends what age too. Cause like when you're older, you have more access to yeah. different people. When you're younger, you're stuck in that world. I just think, yeah. I just looked at it as like, wow, my sister really looks up to me. <laughs> yeah, I think that's how you uh, look at it. I think there's lots of other the honey pots in the world, so get your honey from another pot. Yeah. yeah. See, look, he really is on the podcast. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Well, thank you so much, Lewis, Thanks, for doing Appreciate this. It. Thank you. And thank make you. sure you check out his podcast as well. School of Greatness. Links below. Yep, and yeah. all of the links below in the YouTube video. We'll make sure he's listed. I know you guys definitely want to hear more from him. But also subscribe to our podcast channel on YouTube, Oh, Honey, and... Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Play, anywhere you listen to your podcast. We're there, so do it. <laughs> <laughs> and send in your diary entries to diary at ohhoneydiary.com. Bye, guys. Love you. Bye. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Oh, honey.